Yes, the problem with series, we've been doing this series, uh, you know, which you think is unusual, like you don't want to really start, lead with problems, do you? Uh, But I think it's been helpful, week by week, I think it's been quite helpful. And of course, when we talk about spiritual problems, because we're talking about things that can hinder our journey or stumble us on our journey, uh, our spiritual journey with Jesus, uh, or wherever you're at, you might not have even begun that journey. Sometimes there's things that just can get in the way. And I've been trying to address some of that. And of course, when you talk about spiritual problems, uh, we're never talking about a problem that God's got. You know, can we just agree? I don't think God's got spiritual problems. But as people, often we do, trying to connect with him. And, uh, and I, I, I want to have a go at something a little bit different today. So bear with me. You okay? Yeah. Right I reckon uh, I've always been quite interested in communication. And uh, I think that probably that started for me, was, was born in me in a sense, uh, in grade seven when I was asked to read the speech night speech for the primary school, St. Mary's uh, speech night, it was primary and secondary, and I got to, a, to, to speak on behalf of the primary school and read a speech in front of the, uh, the then mayor of Toowoomba, the Honourable Nell E. Robinson, for any of those who have been around for a while, and, uh, and also Bishop Brennan, and a whole heap of other dignitaries, and I think I did an okay job. Hundreds of people at the Cathedral Centre, and I think I did an okay job back in 1977. Of course, it wasn't the same uh, uh, Cathedral Centre that it is now, uh, but it seemed like a big room and a lot of people. But from that point, that's where it sort of died in me. Like, I never followed on, I never did anything else, until I was 21 years of age, and I came to Christ. I came to faith in Jesus Christ. And then all of a sudden that communication thing began to bubble up and opportunity was given. And I find myself here 34 years later or whatever it is, 35 years later, I find myself standing on a platform being a communicator and preaching the gospel, which is such an honour to do. And, uh, and I know that for all of us in this season, especially with the lockdown, we probably all got to see a lot of exceptional communication, especially if you went to church online. I don't know whether you did. I'm just assuming you did. And uh, you didn't just look at New Hope because I didn't just look at New Hope. I looked at everyone else in the town. I thought I'd just case them out. And I've got to say, I was pretty impressed. There's some great ministry out there. And then I went international. Who went international? And I'm watching, you know, Stephen Furtick, T.D. Jakes, uh, uh, Jenison Franklin. And oh my goodness, these guys are a whole nother level. When it comes to preaching, when it comes to communicating the gospel, these guys are just exceptional. And not only are they top of their craft communication-wise, but they've got the credibility because they've built local churches that have stood the test of time. And so I love that. And I, I hope that you got some of that. I got plenty of that at the same time. And it was just like for a season, particularly when we were locked down, it was just like feed, feed, feed. Facebook, YouTube. What else? Spotify. Spotify and uh, Facebook posts and all of that. And we're all, you know, imbibing this eating, eating, feeding, 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 feeding. (laughs) Until our spiritual belts 
you know, our spiritual bellies are pushing on our spiritual belts. And I actually think there can be a problem in that. So I want to talk to us today about the problem with preaching. And you might say, well, Chris, hang on a sec, you're a preacher. Yes. I've had a go at everyone else during this series. It's about time I had a go at myself, okay? I want to look at the problem with preaching. First one is this. I think the Bible says some things about preaching that make me question. Preaching. In 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 23, the last part of the verse, Paul says that it pleased God that through the foolishness of preaching to save those who had faith. So to save them that believe. So the Bible calls it foolishness. Not my words, Paul's words. Preaching is foolishness. And just look at it. Here I am up here on the platform, the only guy with the microphone yelling at you. And you give money so that I can yell at you. And if you can't see foolishness in that, I don't know what you'll see foolishness in. But of course, Paul here is talking tongue in cheek. He's talking tongue in cheek. And it's interesting because every time the word is preached, if it's preached in truth and within its context, there are people whose hearts begin to open. There are people who begin to understand and comprehend that God is there, is for them, is reaching out to them, maybe is knocking on the door of a heart. And every week in this place, we see people make a step toward Jesus Christ for the first time ever in their life. We see people rededicate their lives who've been away. We see people who are trying to follow God and serve God. We see light open up over them and they're like, I understand what God's doing in me right now. And it all comes through the foolishness of preaching. And, I, and I, I've just got a pet theory on why that is. Because I think if we're going to approach God and connect with God, it's got to be in a humble way. We can never sort of approach God proud, feeling like you know the answers. And there's something humbling about just sitting here, being prepared to listen to someone have a rant. There's something humbling. And yet, if you're just open enough, God can use it to adjust us by degrees or to absolutely, you know, surprise us with his presence and his goodness. And and, and in that sense, I think I don't have a problem with preaching. But there are some problems. Preaching can promote mogs, the disease mogs. You ever heard of mogs? Man of God syndrome. Man of God syndrome. Preaching can actually promote something that paralyzes the church the way that COVID-19 has in so many ways paralyzed our society. And what MOGS is, what man of God syndrome is, is when we actually look to the guy up the front or the girl up the front who is ever up here communicating and we look to them as if they're someone special or as if they have all the answers, they have the solutions, they've got the God stuff for us. And we can unwittingly idolise, we, we can create superstars. And that's a problem. 
It's a problem for the one standing up here because if they let that disease get in their heart, they begin to believe their own advertising and pride takes hold of you. And, and we know in scripture, when pride takes hold of you, it's not long before it all comes crashing down. And it's a problem for those who listen because if you get infected with it, first of all, the first thing is you're going to be terribly disappointed. You'll be never satisfied if you're expecting the person up front to be something special, something other than ordinary. Then you will be disappointed. I, I, I travel around our state at the moment and assist pastors with their churches. It's just one of the things I, I get to do. And I look at what the average church pastor has to come up with in a week. And their concerns about things like facilities, whether that's just renting one or whether it's financing one into the future, they're concerned about developing new leaders and they're concerned about pastorally caring for people and they're concerned about missions and getting something active going overseas. And I could just list it again and again and again, plus at the end of every week be expected to preach better than someone on YouTube. And you know what? If that's the expectation... I'm bound, I'm already disappointing you. But what's maybe worse is that responsibility for the mission of Christ transfers from God's people to one person who could never bear that load. It's unsustainable. We're in this together. We're in this together. And so we have to almost ask ourselves the question, What is the role of the communicator? What is the role of the pastor, leader, teacher? What is that role? Are they like a spiritual carer? Or or are they like a a priest who gets the God stuff and delivers it? But before we get to that, a couple more problems. There's even more. Preaching can actually encourage inactivity. And here's the ironic thing. The better the communicator, the more problematic that is. As we take our eyes off the message and get it onto someone who is awesome at their craft. We take our eyes off the message and all of a sudden, all we see is the man and the message fades to grey. And and that is highly problematic. Here's here's another problem, is that preaching (laughs) creates accountability. It makes us accountable. Jesus said this in Luke 12, to them that much is given, much will be required. Imagine if we actually put that in the context of what we receive, whether it's here in a local church or whether that's on the internet or whatever, every time someone gets a revelation, and, and, and by that I mean every time the lights come on and we go, oh, I get that, I understand that, yeah, I agree with that, they, that's true, I believe that. Every time that happens, we are accountable to make sure that that translates into transforming our lives so that those around us can see that truth lived out. 
And if we're not careful, we become really good at judging the word rather than receiving the word. We, it's like in our minds we can watch and we can judge it and we can hold up our little spiritual scorecards. Yeah. Ah, that one was a five. <laughs> you did all right this week, Pastor. That one's a seven. Well done. Rather than actually allowing the word to invade our space, yeah. transform our hearts, yeah, convict us, to become more like Jesus day by day. Yeah. So what is the solution to that? I mean, I've pointed out the problems. I think the solution's really simple. If we could get back to just a simple understanding of what the communication gifts are to the church yeah. and what they're meant to be, what, what is the point of teaching ministry in the church? In Ephesians chapter 4, verses 10, 11, Paul outlines this. This is what it's about. And it talks about Jesus giving gifts to the church, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. And there you have the purpose, to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. I could maybe put it this way, and, and, and I am drawing a long bow to make a point, okay? So don't, I hope you get my heart on this. But if that's true, if you claim to be a Christ follower, if you're not intending to serve him, if you're not intending to live it, you're better off not listening to preachers. Because you will be held accountable for what you've been given and we can either judge it hold it at arm's length criticize the man or the message or we can take some of what lights up in our heart and allow it to transform us in a way so that people that we meet from our Monday to following Sunday see just a little bit of Jesus being formed in us and, and you know, if, if we will allow it to do its thing, then there is no problem with preaching. God chose, God, it pleased God to make preaching the method. I think ultimately it's more about what we do with it. And, and you know what? It is great to get out there and to feed on other stuff. And cool, I'm not saying don't. And the people that I mentioned, as I said, have credibility because over time they've built things one of the greatest frustrations of a local church pastor do you want to know it or not should we go there or not one of the great frustrations is is that you know you can look at someone from a distance let's just say online and and we all know that you can present any image you want to online anyone who's got an Instagram account knows that and you can look at them and, and, and often some of ministries that I see sometimes are there to criticise others, pull others down. They don't actually have any life to give. They've just got judgments to give. And yet often Christians will get caught up listening and watching that stuff when actually God's brought people into their world that live locally, that raise a family in front of you, 
You can see their children. You can see their manner of life. And they're not given as much credibility as someone who's one-dimensional online. And that is a great frustration. So can I encourage us, let's not be spiritual scorecard holders. Let's, Let's not hold the word at arm's length like it's entertainment that we can either embrace or not. Let's allow the Word of God to equip us. Think about the last couple of messages in this place, just just from me. A couple of weeks ago, the problem with saying God is in control. Who can remember that message? You know, that was designed to equip us, to train us, to answer people that have a major problem with the church that presents God's in control and then bad things happen to good people. And we need to have an understanding of how God operates in our world if we ever hope to answer someone with any sense of credibility. Last week, the problem with saying God's on my side, I know what we're trying to say. The problem is often what we project is because God's on my side, he might not be on yours. Now, as we talk through that, I was hoping that we would have a paradigm shift so that we didn't see people that were in the church and people that were out the church, first-class citizens, second-class citizens, a separation and a division because Jesus doesn't see that. He came and he loved and laid his life down for the whole world and he calls us to do the same. But we will never do it if we have an unhelpful paradigm of I'm on the inner, which means maybe God's not for you because you're different. You're a different colour. You're a different belief. You're a different whatever. So I hope we've seen some of the power of equipping and I want to encourage us as a church. You know, let's embrace what this few minutes on a Sunday, I know this is a very small part of what church is, but let's embrace it the way God wants us to embrace it and get the most from it. Can I ask us a couple of questions to make us think through this right now? Whoops. Sorry, I've opened my notes. Actually, just keep... Oh, no, I'll go to my notes. Right here. First question, do you embrace the Word of God preached humbly and wrestle with what it means for your life? Let's just ask yourself that question. You know, when I come to church... You know, for whatever other reasons, and it's great to see friends and family and community of faith is definitely part of it. But when I come, am I prepared to wrestle with truth and let it transform me? Or do I hold truth at arm's length and, and judge it? Second question, are you enamored with the speaker or convicted by the message? Enamored with the speaker... And, you know, that goes beyond the local church on a Sunday, just whoever we're listening to. Are we enamoured with their gift and their capability or are we convicted by the message they bring? After listening, do you determine to do? (laughs) There's a simple question. After listening. So for me, I try and preach to our Monday, not our Sunday. Anyone can be a Christian in church. It's living as salt and light. That's the hard bit. So at the end of a message, do I determine to do? Do I determine to implement? And lastly, and maybe most powerful for those of us who are part of the church, 
Do you look to the message to give you the answers or to equip you to find the answers? And it's a subtle shift. You know, I hope that there's some answers in what I present. I certainly try and bring that. But ultimately, that is not the bottom line. The bottom line is because I've sat under teaching, I actually feel more equipped to live my life the way God wants me to live it, to find the kind of answers that will honour and glorify God with the way I live my life. Cool? Are you all right? You got real quiet. See, I said I was going to have a dig at me, but I really had to dig at us, didn't I? Because I listen online, and I have found myself holding up the scorecards too. And I just think we need to soften our hearts, humble ourselves, so that we can be saved. And that that word, I started with that first scripture, literally means to be made whole. So Jesus can bring wholeness to our lives as we allow the word to penetrate our heart and transform the way we live. He'll bring wholeness to us. Would you stand with me this morning and, and let's pray together. And let's just really commit our hearts. So let's commit our openness to Jesus. Father, we just stand in your presence and we open our hearts to your word. Father, help us. Help us to wrestle with your word and be transformed by it. Not to judge it, not to hold it at arm's length, not to get messed up or mixed up with personalities, but to hear the message clearly and determine to do it from Monday to Sunday. If you're here with us just in these moments and maybe following Jesus has not been your experience, you're very welcome. But I want to give you an opportunity just right now. And I know what I've spoken about, you could say, is very in-house, very much a church message. But you know, maybe you've been on a journey and you've been looking into Jesus and you've been observing and you're just at that point today where it's like, you know what, I, I think today is the day. I think I'm ready. I'm actually ready to open up, to, to not judge, to not, to not actually push back against the message with pride. I'm actually just ready to open my heart in the simplest of ways. Might be the first time ever for you. Might be the first time in a long time. Maybe you have at one point, but, but that love for God has grown cold in you and you just know today God is calling me back. Friend, if that's you, just right where you stand, can I encourage you? Just open your heart to Jesus. He loves you. God has got a wonderful plan for your life. It's not always the easiest plan, but it'll definitely put your life back together. Why don't you just open your heart to him right where you stand? You could say something like, Jesus, come into my life. Forgive forgive the past. Help me live for you in the future. Simple prayer like that, God loves to answer. Pastor Sue's going to come and, and just tell you how we might be able to empower that journey for you. Thanks. Awesome. Can we thank Chris this morning?